Welcome. You're listening to the Camino Church Podcast. This is Lessons with Pastor Steve Sellers. Twice a week, our host will dive deep into Scripture, giving you a convenient way to stay in the Word of God. Whether you're driving to work in the morning or cooking dinner at night, we're glad you're here and we're glad you're listening. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, and joining us for another Church Lessons podcast. Uh, what a journey this has been through First John. We have dealt with this stuff so well, and I hope you have gleaned from this things that help your walk and help your study of the Scripture. Now, I told you, this last uh, episode for First John, I had a special guest, and, and I was not lying. I have with me today... Pastor Rusty Price. Uh, Rusty is the founder and senior pastor of Camino Church. He has led this church for over 20 years. He is also founder and chief executive officer for Camino Community Development Corporation, a nonprofit in the greater Charlotte area serving the marginalized population uh, with the holistic needs that they have. And let me tell you what, I am glad you are here, Rusty. Thank you for joining us today. Well, I'm glad to be here with my very favorite Bible teacher. <laughs> well, no, 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 I'm here today. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I mean that. And uh, you that are tuning in, you, I know you know, but uh, Steve is one of the best Bible teachers I've ever met in my life. And uh, we lovingly call him Profe, which is like <laughs> Professor short for professor in Spanish, and uh, I believe you're learning some Espanol too, Steve, right? Trying my best. Trying yes, my sir. Best. It does have a North Carolina accent it to it, though. <laughs> it does have a little bit of a Southern Spanish to it. Well, thank you for the affirmation, Rusty. is always such a good encourager, uh, and I'll tell you one of the things that I truly enjoy is when Rusty and I sit down and we talk about theology and scripture. Uh, we kind of take ourselves to a different place. Uh, and leave, and leave the, the, this world for a moment when we get into these discussions. So I just had to have him come and share some of his thoughts about the First John topics that we've talked about. Now, let, let me remind you real quickly, uh, as we've gone through First John, obviously the, the audience that John is speaking to is having a hostility with these people who are secessionists from their own church or their own community who have been teaching this Gnostic uh, false teachings. Uh, and so it is very difficult. They're very confused. They're struggling. It sounds like this Christianity, but, but, but it is missing. And John has given them all the, thing, all the tools they need to correct and to understand and to see the truth. And he does it through these spiritual tests, test of obedience, test of belief, and test of love, which, you know, as we talked about, John goes back to love every single time. And then he also talks quite a bit about Jesus since um, Serenthus, a Gnostic, was speaking so strongly against the full humanity and divinity of Jesus. And we're going to talk about some of that today, uh, Pastor Rusty. So we're going to start right here and go with it. Uh, I'd love to hear your take uh, on the full humanity and divinity of Jesus and why it's important that we adhere to that doctrine. Well, I, I, I think... You know, going back just a bit, the whole thing of Gnostics. Yeah. I, I think so many times as, as uh, church people, we say we're f believers, Christ followers. We live as Gnostics, mm. right? Yeah, we we yeah. act like it all becomes just philosophical and, yeah. you know, this distant God. Right. And, um, yeah, the, I, Christ, and, and as a central figure of all of Scripture, um, I think the most beautiful thing is to be able to see how God became man mm. 
without losing any of his godness. And, and, and I see it all through his miracles and, and um, his knowledge, his all-knowing foreknowledge, right? But then his humanity. I, I love seeing Jesus get mad. <laughs> right that's one of my go-tos right get mad and i i love seeing him be hungry and tired and 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 how he he uh cried multiple mm-hmm. times even even when he knows the outcome is going to be good god can relate to his manness in christ and just be in that moment even though he's eternal and cry i you know i it's a uh, and I really believe it's so that we could see God, mm. and that's my. And that, that that is great. So so John really John touches on some of that right right off the bat. You're talking about how uh, your faith has to be a lived faith, right? And, mm-hmm. and John's all about that. That's the love thing. You can't speak of having a relationship with God unless you're loving like God loves. So I love. I like the way you said that, Pastor. The other thing though um, is that. Uh, that humanity makes Jesus real to us, and then we are real to the Father because of that. Yeah, right? there's right. no, there's no other, there's no other faith that can say that Mm-mm. at all. That's right. Uh, so that's a great dynamic. I appreciate you touching. A- and on as that. we think about, you know, and it talks about our high priest is not, uh, uh, he's not a foreigner right. to everything that we go through. Right, right, right. And again, and it, it accentuates the fact that Jesus was here on earth as a man. And he went through all the same struggles and temptation, which that's a hard one sometimes, right? Yeah, did, it is. did Jesus feel the impulse mm-hmm. to disobey the Father? Yeah, yeah. And right. then he overcame it and obeyed. Yeah, I that's, think that's a great illustration. Um, temptation itself is just a human emotion. What you do with it is when you get into the sinfulness or lack thereof, um, and and First John hits on that when he talks about if you're in Christ, if if do- Christ is dwelling with you through the Holy Spirit, then you won't live the life of sin. Right. right? You won't have that ongoing sinfulness. You'll stumble. Mm-hmm. Right. But that ongoing sinfulness is not there, and we can't have that without the full, full humanity and divinity of Christ. Yeah. And what about this one? Be angry, and in the King James, and sin not. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it, it seems like so many times I think we we feel like if we have the emotion. Or the impulse, at least me growing up in a very, very rigid, moralistic setting, that the the impulse was condemned mm. as sinful, mm. which you know, then you always feel this guilt yeah. of just walking around always, oh, I'm 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 a wicked sinner. And I didn't have to have many people reaffirm that. I mean, I already, I mean, it was pretty <laughs> obvious, but but you know what I'm saying? It, it's like, but but Christ could feel the pull of sin. And tempted, yet yeah. he did not sin. Right. That's always been one of those big looming questions. Did he feel the temptation? So, so following that, following that thought, um, because Jesus participated in that in his full humanity, then God, in a real way, understands it as we go through it, and He, God can separate the temptation from the sin. Because the temptation is, I mean, the temptation is just the movement, the emotional movement within us, right? The sin is what we do with it. 
So John talks about in, in, in this epistle that because we have the indwelling of the Spirit and because we know the truth through Jesus, we can go to God boldly. That's right. Right? Because he understands. That's right. And Man. Jesus is an icon to say, I need to be a heart wrestler, mm-hmm. right? Because I have all these desires of my heart. Mm-hmm. But then I, I submit those things to his word and say, but this is your plan. Mm-hmm. So some of these desires I'm not going to give into, and I have a champion, Jesus, who mm-hmm. is the author and finisher of my faith. And because he had those desires, but he didn't give into it right. because of the God in him, because God was there, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have the Holy Spirit. So yeah. it does give me hope mm-hmm. that I can have a victory in this life over that temptation. That's beautiful. Yeah. So in the episode just before this one, we had already finished First John, and we actually went through John's use of the Holy Spirit because he uses it greatly in this epistle, right? When, when we don't deal with it a lot of times, mm-hmm. John's using it as a witness to the truth, as a witness to Jesus Christ and as a mediator of our relationship with God. And that's coming the stuff that you're talking yeah. about right now. That's fantastic. So let me move. I got another one for you here that, that uh, I think is, is interesting. I want to hear your take on it. Um, since John's community that he's writing to is wrestling with this Gnostic teaching, John tells them to test the spirits, right? The spirit of truth, spirit of error. We're over 2,000 years later. We're still hearing false prophecies. What are your thoughts on testing the spirits today? You ever seen Ghostbusters? Oh, absolutely. You got that, you got that little sensor? <laughs> yeah. Is that what we need? Yeah. Well, my sensor, I'll just say my sensor, is the fruit of the teaching, mm. the, 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 the why of the teaching, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think about in the book of James, it talks about wisdom. And it compares heavenly wisdom from devilish wisdom. Yeah, yeah. And it talks about how heavenly wisdom is compassionate. It's long-suffering. It's, it's, it, the way it's given mm-hmm. is always healing. Where devilish wisdom is angry. It's, right? And so I, you, you get around um, some environments and these the message that may be completely true, but the way it's given, the spirit of the message, mm-hmm. is completely wrong. Right. And I think about Jesus when he would, you know, he, he would talk to the Pharisees when they would condemn him or his disciples. Remember, they were eating grain. Yeah. And, and he, they got all over Jesus and his disciples. They're not mm-hmm. washing their hands. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, you're good at the letter of the law, but you miss the spirit of the law. Right. So, so, so what's the difference? What's the difference between the letter and the spirit? I think it's, I think it's the intended outcome. Okay. Right? Because I think you can become so rigid in a, observing all of the letter of the law, you miss the weighty big things, mm. that those things should make us more like God, which we see in Christ. Right? And so there's obvious things that when we do these things, the consequences are devastating in our lives. But I think the absence, those sins of omission, mm-hmm. of lack of love, lack of joy, mm-hmm. those things become very evident when you have a message that's being preached that is not in the right spirit. I think yeah. that's one way. There, you know, and then the other is, is it, is it leading us to those three tests? Yeah. Right? There you go. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think in, in our world, we seem to, I think the devil will always push us 
toward our tendencies. Mm. And so a tree falls the way it's leaning, Yeah. right? And so right. it's easier for the devil. If I'm already rigid in my personality, it's easy for me to go over the top and miss the spirit and the heart of what God wants me to be. If I'm the opposite of that, I'm just all lovey-dovey and, you know, not real structured, then I can get so far away that there's no rules, right? And neither one of those are true. And um, you, you mentioned those three tests, and I thought it was really cool because I, I use this a lot about spiritual growth. We grow in love. We grow in faith or mm-hmm. belief. Yep. And we grow in obedience. Mm-hmm. And what is it required to grow in love? Conflict. Yeah. Your yeah. love can't grow. God's love can't grow in you without conflict. Yeah. Right? It, if, if you're always so kind to me, giving me gifts, talking good about me, of course I'm going to love you, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're being just a jerk to me, yeah. that's when I have an opportunity for God's love in me to grow toward you. That's right? interesting. So let me ask you this, then, uh, Rusty. Jesus speaks about a narrow way, mm-hmm. and we've talked about this sometime in the past, that that Greek word for narrow means afflicted is what it means. Mm. Do you think that plays in here at all? That, that You're talking about a tension, at least what I'm hearing, is a tension between being legalistic and then having, in essence, no command to obey, right? But, but in the middle of that, is where where you you should find yourself. Is there a tension there, and should we live in that tension? And is that part of the point of our faith? I, I believe so. And for me, again, coming to this, I'm going to grow in love with conflict. I'm going to grow in faith or belief in a crisis. Mm-hmm. If everything's going okay, and I have great security, and there's no, there's you know, Ann and I were missionaries overseas for a while in Cuba, and, and you couldn't get anything. And we coined this phrase that in, in the U.S. we don't need God, we have Walmart. <laughs> and so it was, you know, it, outside of some kind of financial crisis yeah. or a health crisis, so many times we don't depend on God mm-hmm. because we don't really need him for our own comfort. Mm. And so I believe those times of crisis is when our faith grows mm-hmm. to say, are we going to, and then it comes to that obedience, is, is my will in line with the Father's will, with God's plan? And, and you know, if you get two guys walking down the street and there's a dog following them, which one does he belong to? You don't know until yeah. one turns right, one turns, turns left. left. Yeah. And so I think I think that, like you say, that friction, that that affliction of conflict relationally, crisis all around me, and then a crossroad. God mm-hmm. asking me to do things I really don't want to do. Mm-hmm. I believe a lot of that is the the that oven that God puts us in to refine us. And um, so on the other side of the, you know, this, this no rules kind of a thing, there's a lot of that in, in, in our religious world today too. Sure. All this self-help, feel good about yourself, chase your dreams, God will help you chase your dreams. Mm-hmm. And I think that's completely opposite to the gospel. Right. I, I understand the gospel to, to be die to you, who you are so you can become all God wants you to be, what God wants you to be. Mm-hmm. It's not God helping me to become what I want to be. Right, 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 and yeah. I, I do think that 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 tension, the the middle part of that, comes through great affliction, mm-hmm. and I believe that's how we can weigh the spirit. Is it mm-hmm. is this driving me toward God's message and plan for my life? Right, absolutely. You know, it's interesting as you were saying that. I was thinking about how in in church history, some of the times that the church has really grown, maybe not in numbers, but even in numbers, but grown in its strength and understanding, is in times of conflict. Mm. 
that's when the church tends to rise. When it's times of comfort, the church almost becomes um, inconsequential right. to our culture. Yep. Right? So I think there's a lot to be said about that. When We've talked about it in the first John part of this, that um, that um, desire to love people does not mean you have to condone what they do. You love them into the kingdom is the whole point of the love. And, and we're not loving because we agree with them. We're not loving them because they are, we have an emotional connection. We're loving them only because God loved us. Exactly. And God loves us into the kingdom. That's great. Um, so, so let me ask you this then. We're talking about this love theme, um, and John goes to it so many times in this epistle. I mean, he, he, he is really pressing it, at least I think, and you can uh, feedback on this, but is kind of mirror reading this thing. He's talking about it so much because the Gnostics aren't doing it. You, you mentioned this early on in this, in this podcast is you got to live what you believe. You can't profess a relationship with God and not live that out. So talk a little bit from your perspective and your experience about what it means to love others uh, for the kingdom uh, and how that may or may or may not impact our society today. I love the verse in, in 1 John 4, verse 12, that says, nobody's ever seen God, but if his love dwells in us, or if, if, if we love each other, yeah. then his love is brought to full expression or maximum yeah. expression. And so every year for the last few years, we've done this, this big push. We call it Love Out Loud. Mm-hmm. And it's basically that, saying, you know, this love that we've received from God in the same way we should give to others. And I think a lot of times it's challenging or we miss it because we don't look at how God loves us. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't want to love others like, like he's loved us. Right. Right. And um, we want to entice others, maybe even seduce others to be like us in our church world, mm-hmm. right? If they will conform to our mindset, but is that truly loving them because what happens if they don't? Right. Then we cut them off, talk bad about them, you know, right. sick the dogs on them and yeah, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, so that, that almost seems like we're trying to seduce them. It's a fake love, but do we truly love people? And are we willing to absorb the pain caused by their sin like Christ absorbed the pain that was caused by my sin? And I, I appreciate what you said about there's a big difference between loving somebody and condoning or affirming certain behavior, right? And, and we, it's interesting because like in the, in the health world, and we do a lot with diabetics here, mm-hmm. nobody in their right mind would ever say, we love diabetics so much that we, we know they love donuts, so we're just going to give them donuts, right? Because yeah. we don't want to we don't want to discriminate against the diabetics. They love donuts too, so we're giving them donuts. We love them enough to say, "Hey, here's how you have to eat. Hey, this is the medicine. These are the habits you need to exercise because we want you to be healthy because we love you." I think we should look at people's sin of any kind in the same way we look at health hmm. and say, "We love you as a person enough to to walk with you and help you." But, you know, if a diabetic comes in, their numbers are way off. We don't go and just beat them up and kick them out of the clinic. We're we're there to help and encourage them. And so I do believe that the love that we've we've received from God, if we would, I think we got to start there. 
mm-hmm. and really study that and find out mm-hmm. what that love looks like. Mm-hmm. And I think once we've understood that and we've, we have been swimming in that ocean of endless love of God and we really understand it, then I think the natural response is we begin to love others. Yeah. And if we're not doing that, we're not loving others. I think it's because we hadn't understood his love. Yeah, I think so. I, mean, I think you're taking me right back to um, uh, Jesus answering uh, the, uh, the scribe's question, what is the greatest commandment? And right, Jesus you know, hits it, love the Lord your God, but then he says, love your neighbor as yourself. And, and, and we've talked about this that grammatically, it's knowing that love of God, knowing how God loves you so you can love yourself in a healthy manner. Mm-hmm. Then you can love other people. But before that, you can. And I, and I think we see a lot of dysfunctional Christian love in yeah. our culture today. And some of it's that legalism that mm-hmm. you talked about. Some of it is the permissiveness the, uh, that you've yeah. talked about, right? You know, it, 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 Love is not the emotion, not scriptural love. Biblical love is that deep and abiding love you're talking about that really where you're so invested in the person, you're willing to sacrifice for them even if even if it doesn't feel good. That's right. Right? But 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 it also reminds me that it's good that we're not diabetics because we love a good donut. That's true. <laughs> I've heard it said that those hot Krispy Kreme donuts, yeah. it's like eating a baby angel. Is those things right? are delicious. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I've never eaten a baby never angel. But if I ate one, I think it'd it tastes like that. It tastes just like yeah. that. I think you're yeah. right. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. But I do think that that whole thing of love is foundational and it's 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 the proof text of who i am Mm -hmm. am i in christ if i'm in christ then his love will dwell in me and it will pour out of me yeah so and 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 just a a quick response on this one rusty um when we talk about love in our culture the cultural context it's always a very comfortable it's always feeding us something, right? It always brings us joy. But in the biblical context, love is tension, mm-hmm. right? So we kind of have to redefine it. What's a, what's a quick reflection on that that you, that you would have about, about love as tension? And it costs. Love has a cost. It's always, it's, there's always a pain point with love. Yeah. Between, I, I don't think, I, I think we can love God and it doesn't cause us pain, right? But his love for us caused him great pain. Yeah. And, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah there is. There's always that tension. And I think it's because of our humanity and imperfection mm-hmm. that, that we it, one day when sin is erased in us, it will flow a lot easier. Mm-hmm. I think Absolutely. it gets clogged up a lot of times with, with our earthly perspective of what love is because it's almost quid pro quo, right? I'll do for you if you do for do me. For me yeah. And I think that's one of the one of the greatest aha moments, right, I had was when we were in Cuba and and um, we were doing these amazing things. God was just just teaching me so much, right? I, I go thinking, okay, I'm going to teach all these people about God. God took me to Cuba to teach me about him. <laughs> but um, we're doing all of these big donations of medical supplies, and I wasn't really thinking about it in the context of God's love. But because at the time, Cuba was an atheist state, mm. right? So, mm-hmm. so the way I kind of grew up was, you know, Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. If, if, you're, mm. if you're good, God loves you. If you're bad, you have the pending wrath of God and he doesn't love you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, then 
we were we were in this big conference, and I had the privilege of speaking on behalf of the United States of uh, you know this medical um, outreach to Cuba, and there were there were nine other presenters from different countries. And so at the end of this event, I'm standing in this in this um, we had this reception, and all these communist officials and all these diplomats were there, and I'm there kind of standing by myself, and I'd presented along with these other nine people from different countries. A guy from Canada comes up, and he said, hey, you're a Christian, aren't you? I was like, yeah, I am. He said, me too. <laughs> and, and we start comparing stories, and, and I'm like, I don't know anything about what I'm doing, but I think God just called me here. And he's like, me too. I used to work in the railroad and felt God calling me, and all these miracles have happened, and these resources have flown. And then the guy from Germany comes up, and he said, you guys are Christians, aren't you? I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> And then the guy from Spain. And within like 10 minutes, seven of the 10 presenters, we were standing in a circle there. And each one had this same God story wow. of him ripping us out of our worlds, providing these very important things for people that said he didn't exist, mm -hmm. for, for a government who tried to erase his existence. And it was just like mind blown, yeah. right? Like, what yeah. in the world? Who is this God that loves those who don't love him, right? Yeah. And I think that's always been a challenge for me. How can I love? It's easy to love the lovely. It's easy Thank to you. love you, Steve. <laughs> right? But um, uh, yeah, yeah. how do I love those people who are on the other side politically yeah. for me? How do I love those people who call me everything except for a white man? Yeah. You know, yeah, how do yeah. I love people who are attacking me? Right. And I think that's... That's where I'm at right now, trying to learn that and live that. That's powerful. That's a that's a that's a great story, Rusty. And that's a very real story. And I think that's that's probably um, analogous to what they're dealing with in First John. That, that community, if, if if you were John, that's what you're writing to them. I know it is because you're telling them. I know that you're not being called the right things. I know that your life is not good. But let me tell you how it works. That doesn't mean you walk away from your faith. That means you go deeper into your faith. That's fantastic. I appreciate it. Hey, real quickly, if there was one more thing, this is the wild card question. Okay. You didn't see this one coming. Nope. If there was one thing that you could say about 1 John that we haven't discussed but is, is, is key to you, what would that be? Yeah, thanks a lot for giving me this question with no... Uh, <laughs> no prompt. This no will be from the heart, deep from heads the heart. Up. One thing about 1 John. Yeah. I, I think... One of the big thoughts of First John is no fear, mm. right? Perfect love casts out fear. That's a good. I one. think so many times when we're coming into relationships, we're coming into decisions about obedience. The biggest hurdle and obstacle is fear. Yeah. And as yeah. we lean into God's love, it says it casts out fear. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good. One. We hadn't touched on. I like that one. That's perfect. <laughs> good. That's perfect. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us again. We're wrapping up First John. I told you my guest was going to be good, and I brought I brought the mail, as they say sometimes. Mm. So thank you for hanging with us. Thank you, Pastor Rusty. Um, Rusty has so much wisdom and knowledge from all of his experience. Again, I know you have caught some of that, and you felt it just like I always do. Hang with us, though. We're, after this series, we're going to come back at you with 2 John, 3 John, and Jude as well. Uh, and we'll bring another special guest or two. Rusty, you can come back as well. Man, I'd love Yay, to have you Yay, this is again. fun. I want to. It's fantastic. Hey, everybody, remember, until we see you again, stay in the Word. Keep that journey going. Thanks a lot. Thank you for tuning in to Lessons with Pastor Steve Sellers. 
Check back soon on all podcasting platforms and on YouTube for the next available episode. This series is produced by Riley Moncrief for Camino Church. To learn more about our church, like us on Facebook at Camino Church or visit us online at CaminoChurch.com. We'll see you next time.